and I never understood how just because you have that you know little white shirt on how you could ever think that you were better than them. I don't give a shit if you've been on the job 50 years. You're no better than that guy's been on the job for five years. You're still doing the same job. At the end of the day, it's still about helping others. Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. This is it. We're going live. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, Weekly Scrap, number 97. My guest tonight has been involved with the fire service since he was 16 years old, spent more than 30 years with the city of Atlanta, where he did everything under sun. If there is such a thing as a renaissance firefighter man, my guest tonight fits the bill. He has been heavily involved in training. He has designed curriculum, taught at conferences. He founded Fire Life Training. He has awards for distinction, bravery. I I added this part myself because his friends describe him as quiet and keeps his opinions to himself. And if you know him, (laughs) if you know him, you know that's a lie. So, Todd Edwards, it is my (laughs) pleasure. It is my pleasure to have you as the guest of Weekly Scrap, number 97. Welcome, my brother. Buddy, I could not tell you. uh, I've done a lot of things, and uh, I was actually scrolling through Facebook, and I was, I mean, I, I listen to this all the time. And I really scrolled back to when you first started this, and I and I, I I'm not deserving of some of the guests I've seen on here uh, from Aaron Fields. I thought his podcast. I knew Aaron was smart, but I literally had to look up shit Aaron was saying. Dude, yes. uh, you know, between Aaron Fields, Shannon Stone, and just that list just goes on and on, bro. It's it's truly humbling just to even be a small part of this, uh, to, uh, knowing the guys you get to talk to on a regular basis, man. It's really cool. And that, that, dude, that's exactly how I feel each and every week. Even tonight, I'm like, Todd Edwards is sitting down to talk to me. Can I, can I be any more blessed? And I really want to say this. I'm, I, I wanted to say that if you went back to the early ones, I am very sorry. So some of those early ones were rough. So there's been some improvements. There's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right. So, uh, dude, we've already got people chiming in. I'm going to, th- uh, so to everybody watching, uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Todd. Is there anything I missed in the intro? Anything you want to throw out there that I forgot? Yeah, that was the greatest intro ever and totally probably undeserving in all reality, man. I don't look at it that way at all. Um, you know, somebody asked me who are my mentors and I have a list. I mean, I have a monster list of mentors. But really, the firefighters that come to classes that you see all the time, like, you know, me and you were just at Lake of the Ozarks. And right. I, was talk, I talked to guys with 20 years on the job, and I talked to guys with 20 seconds on the job. And I really look up to those guys, man. I love those guys that come up and talk to us and ask us questions, and they hang out. And it's it's uh, every one of those events is just unbelievably humbling to me. I come back just so energized, ready yes. to do more every time I go to these things. Dude, I... Yeah, dude, that's the best thing. Not, not only are the classes top notch and the learning you can get out of them and, and the passion that's shared, it's the relationships and the networking and how much it fires you up. It's, I can't, I try to explain it. I think it's people. one of the, I, I don't think, unless you've attended, and I'm not saying, you know, you have to go to the big FDICs, but if you go to a smaller conference, and I tell you what, Chief Isaacson, who is just, you know, a true mentor of mine, I, I've sat through. I don't know how many classes of chief bikes I've sat right. through and I'm fired up every time. But one of the things I've really started doing is sitting in the back of the room and I'm watching the responses and the other and the students in the room. And I, I, I see that senior guy getting fired back up yes. and I see that, you know, 
two-year guy going, you know, ready to rip down the walls, you know, to go fight fire. And I, I think that's one of the things. They never attended one of these kind of conferences. You really need to have that experience. It's it's truly a blessing to be able to go to so many. But, I mean, you know, just hanging out with guys like Mo Davis. I mean, really, you get to hang out with a district chief of Houston Fire Department, bro. Yes. I mean, it's absolutely it blows me away to sit around and talk to these guys. And what they get to do and what they do, man. It's just, it's, it's very humbling to know these guys. No, and, and, the, and the crazy part is, is it, like Mo, perfect example, how humble he is. And he's like, anybody, come up, ask me questions about anything we're talking about today. And he means it. He's not just a, it's, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, he's not bullshitting you. He wants you to ask him stuff. Yes. And he'll talk. I sat here and watched him talk at Pensacola. I mean, he was holding court. And guys were just amazed, and he and he was asking the other guys that were talking to him questions about their fire departments. And I think that you know, a guy from a two stage fire department, and Mo's asking him what they do, right? And I think that is uh, exactly what the fire service needs is guys like that. And I think you articulated it so well there because I try to tell people, man, you got to get to a conference. You need to get out there and just see whatever. But it's so when you like you said when you see a new guy ready to run through a wall. You see an old guy getting fired back up. You know, it's it's hard to explain. That that really articulated it well. All right, I'm gonna throw a yeah. bunch of hype at you right now because we got a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of good people, uh, throwing hype that are excited about this scrap. And I'm I'm gonna join those ranks. Uh, Joey Hayes, uh, love you, brother from Florida. Todd is the man. Let's go. Jeff Stone, he says the absolute best of the best. Chief Todd Edwards, Howard Reinwalt said, L O L yeah. Um, we've got Tony Nunez. That was an unbelievable dude. Agreed. That's why I say you got some, you got a yeah. lot of big names. Just are super hyped to hear you talk. Your phone is getting blown up because you are a true badass. What's up, Chief? Uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodley says, "Yo, guys, looking forward to this one. It's going to be great." Smoothbore Cartel, because he's banned from Facebook, so I'm not even allowed to say yeah, his. Yeah. Not even allowed to say his name. <laughs> Kyle Ramaga says, "Todd is my hero." All right. Um, Rob Fisher, there you go. Renaissance man, oh, I that, love that, it. That dude's awesome, man. I love that dude. Uh, one of the most humble firefighters slash officers I know. Great guy. Looking forward to this show. On duty watching. Um, have a good scrap at the Tigers game. Enjoy the Tigers games, Marco. Garrett Taves. I'm going to say his name right because I met him at the lake. And I, you know, even though it's spelt toes, it's Taves. <laughs> and I'm actually going to say it right. Uh, he said, good evening, gentlemen. Looking forward to learning even more. Uh, we're going, the lake was epic. Hey, Todd signing from social circle, Corey Eaton, man, yeah, dude. Okay. There's a there, guys. I can't even keep up with all of the hype <laughs> about this. I'm just going to say oh, that's awesome. Everybody. Um, yes, a ton of, if I didn't get you out there, just, uh, I love you all. Thank you for the support. And we're going to jump right off in this. A big thing to everybody, questions and comments for Todd. This is your chance to get them. I'll throw them at him. So get your curveballs ready. He's ready, and here we go. I'm going to start it right out the gate. You get to tell your story, the short version, whatever. What, I don't even have to put a stipulation of short version. Your uh, your promotion, the demotion, and the release. Yeah, it was, uh, and I talk a lot about it in my class. I'm very open and honest about it. Um, I, I, I promoted up to assistant chief. I was over way more than one person should be over. Uh, I got to work directly with, uh, you know, a true legend in my eyes with uh, David Rhodes, who runs the George Smoke Divers and FDIC Logistics. The guy's amazing. And he was one of my chief officers that worked under me. But um, 
I couldn't get away from going to fires. And that's really what kind of set me up for failure. And uh, at that time in our organization, we weren't allowed to go to fires as chief officers. Went to a fire, got in a horrible uh, collision with a fire truck. The fire truck caught on fire. The battalion car, which was brand, brand, brand new. Uh, yeah, I mean, it still had the new car smell. Right, right. <laughs> was totaled. Um, the fire engine was on fire. Was, uh, the header from the fire engine was bigger than the warehouse we were responding to. Um, so I thought that I really felt bad for the guy who hit me because I thought he was going to be in really deep shit. And uh, turned out uh, no proper investigation was done. I was double demoted back from assistant chief all the way back down to captain. Uh, my wife was, uh, ready to, you know, like sue everybody in the world. And I said, this is what it is. And I went right back to my own firehouse, the captain and loved my last several years on the job. I worked with some incredible people, went to a lot of fire and, um, don't regret a thing about it. I really do not regret. And I think that's the part that guys have a hard time understanding. How do you re-engage? Right. Uh, it was a, it was a 20,000 plus dollar a year pay cut and a monster pay cut. My pension, uh, from that double demotion. And, um, me and my buddy, were talking about this today. True firefighters. It's not in our nature just to throw in the rag and say, I'm not going to do shit. Send me to a slow house. I'm not hitting a lick for the next couple of years. I'm going to work tire i went right back to a busy house and we trained every single day and i loved every minute of it and me and my wife both have a kind of a odd belief that everything happens for a reason and it happened for a reason you know at the end of the day i was working 60 70 hours a week in that position right i went back to shift work and you know that's just how it came out, man. It really isn't. And I, I know some guys kind of look at me like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating the story. And it, it was a double demotion. I was not at fault for the accident, even though the fire chief felt like I was at fault. And um, that's where we're at. And it, my last couple of years on the job were fantastic. I mean, I absolutely loved every second of my last couple years on the job, uh, you know, being back in my old single engine company. It was awesome. I love that, man. I love the fact that I, wouldn't trade, I would not trade a damn thing for it. That's, that's where I was, that, that's where I was, it was like the everything happens for a reason attitude, man. That means a lot. And that, that, that segues perfectly into the one thing I wanted to ask you about, which is you, you started when you were 16. But mm-hmm. you, and, and from knowing you very briefly, you know, we've met a couple times and then had some, had some beers and some conversations. But you are, from what I can tell, have, I mean, motivated, engaged in the game, like the entire, what's your secret to that? My dad, uh, when my dad was alive, my dad was my first fire chief. I grew up every Christmas, every Easter was at the firehouse, at the volunteer house. Uh, Santa Claus came in on a fire. I didn't know Santa Claus had a sleigh. I just thought, I thought Santa Claus came in on a goddamn fire truck. Right. 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 Um, and we lived and breathed it. I mean, I lived and breathed it from as early as I can remember at five and six and seven years old, going to fires with my dad. Uh, I remember my dam went over Anglewood Dam in Ohio, and uh, we were at the hospital. I remember when my dad my dad actually rescued some nuns from a rectory fire, and when he went up to get the pastor, the pastor was the last one to come out, and there was a mammoth smoke explosion. It blew my father a bullet, like you know across the street, right? Broke his back in three spots, um, four or five surgeries. He went back on the line within a year. 
Wow. And so this, this is all I've known. I, I don't know if I could do or to be anything else. And, it, and that's upbringing. I mean, I was very fortunate, very blessed to have a mentor and a father who lived and loved the job as, as much as all the guys I hang out with. And that's, I still base that every day on what he showed me and taught me and my love and passion for what we really do. And his, you know, his career was extremely unique. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll never, ever forget, you know, hit my half my office is well, 98% of my office is his collectibles. After he passed, I got all his collectibles and I literally had to build shelves in my office to fit all my, fit all his stuff in my office. I still don't have it all up. A shrine to so, your yeah, That's uh, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. No, so basically you're saying that you didn't have a choice. I mean, it was just destiny. Yeah. You were and, be a- but my, you know, my brother and sister were like, yeah, I don't want to do, I have no, don't want anything to do with that bullshit. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, playing you know squad 51 out in my driveway with my friends right you know, that's this all i know man that's all I, and and, and right. i'll do this until you know even if nobody ever calls or asks me to do another class i'm still gonna go to classes i just you know I, there's always something new to learn and there's always something new coming down the pipe and it's it's absolutely amazing we have the most amazing job ever in the history of jobs you there's are no not, other yes. job like ours yes preach brother preach because that is oh, the truth yeah. You think about, and just think about how, uh, and I don't know, how long have you been on in, in the service? I have 24 years. <clears throat> 24 years. Just think about the 24 years you've been in, how much has changed in 24 oh, years. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, yes. But we always are changing kind of for the good. I look at what Brian Brush and those guys are doing with the Firefighter Rescue Survey, and I just read their article yesterday, and I'm blown away about the data we're collecting, about yes. how really, I, I mean, I've always known. But holy shit, let's tell the whole world how good we really are. Right on. Right I mean, on. We are unbelievable. Counting our wins. Did. Counting our wins, man. And that's part of the evolution of it. I really, yeah, so 100%. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I have my first question coming at you from the audience. Are you ready? It's right in your wheelhouse. It's mm-hmm. like This is like a soft toss right out the gate. But it's from Kyle Condiff, T1D. Chief, can you talk about your two rules from your class? I think those are very impactful. I got a lot from those this weekend. Yeah, and one one of the things we talk a lot about in that class, and it was a it was actually a TED talk that I I, I, I sat through, and you know, it was a corporate guy and everything. But I said, boy, that really applies to leadership in the fire station. About it's never never about you uh, once you're a boss. I mean, my main focus every day from lieutenant, captain, battalion chief, even as my very short stint as an assistant chief was let me take care of the guys first whatever their needs were i didn't it it didn't matter and i always laugh when guys talk about well i've got paperwork to do really is it that pressing that i've got to get that report done at this minute if i've got a member who has a payroll issue or a a time off issue or a training issue it's always prior towards them so it's never about me it was never about me until the end of the day and i needed that 10 minutes to catch up on my work and then i worried about it and then the flip side of that, which is kind of odd, I think some guys get a little, um, I don't want to say confused, but they're kind of blown away when I mention it, is it's about us as well. It's all about you as a leader. Ooh. If I'm not the first one at the firehouse, what nice. kind of example am I setting? If I'm nice. not the first guy dressed, I literally had a video sent me today as a, uh, from a fire in a metro area around us. Uh, the safety officer was walking around in his little fancy-ass white shirt. 
what kind of safety also do you if one of your men goes down and you're not even in, in your turnout gear? Uh, so it's got to be about me as well, being prepared, doing my job. I still did every drill. My five fires did as a battalion chief. I did the same drills, and I usually went first. And you nice. know, my favorite oh, thing brutal. was to try to set that bar. And I never understood how just because you have that you know little white shirt on how you could ever think that you were better than them. I don't give a shit if you've been on the job 50 years. You're no better than that guy's been on the job for five years. You're still doing the same job. At the end of the day, it's still about helping others. And, you know, I know we're big on the them. Well, the them to me is my members and our citizens. Right. Kind of hold the same grade to me. Because if my members aren't well taken care of, how are they going to take care of, you know, little Bobby and Susie at 0300 when their house is on fire? And, those guys, and when I say them on our side, training them, preparing them, making sure that they have all the tools and equipment they need to do their jobs, so they can serve the citizens that you know that we're here to actually protect, and that so that fire fire rescue survey flips all the way around, and we have almost you know our line, our duty, our civilian desks go even further down, and our saves keep going up based on what we're doing for our people at. The firehouse Hell it yes. drives me nuts when an officer is sitting on his ass and his men are out there with nothing no guidance or direction and that's from the and that's from chief officer down we've got to be better than that and i think that's our you know one of our weaknesses we got to be better than that shit thousand percent brother see, i can, I can see i can just pissed off no, I, I I can just sit here and listen to you preach, dude. I'm loving this already, and I you'll see me look down and write, and I'll I'll be smiling because in my head I'm playing the soundbite that I'm gonna make out of it later to promo this scrap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was I was like 1558, no better. That's my little <laughs> my little small note. And then someone Kobe Keller came in here and said, "Better get more paper for all these sound bites," and that perfectly encapsulates <laughs> exactly what's happening right here, dude. Excellent. Yeah, but it's one of those things that just it just fires me up so bad when I. See see things like a, a chief at a working fire not in turnout gear and i don't care how small or how big your organization is there's no excuse for that there's zero if you're in the if you're in your little air-conditioned suv that's fine but once you step outside the doors of that suv you need to have you need to have your gear on ready to go to work if, if the worst case scenario happens Right, I got in a lot of shit for that when I was involved with, a, you know, helping rescue a firefighter that was uh, trapped, and I was, in, you know, in my fancy white firefighter gear, and um, you know, guys thought that was the wrong thing to do, and uh, you know, not not the guys there, but other higher ups in the food chain thought that was not the right move. But I don't care. I I, I can I can go to sleep every night knowing I did what I was supposed. What to you were do. supposed to do, dude. I love it. I love it. And I'm just you know, again, like I said I, I literally could go four hours you know about those type of things and i think we're making a turn bro i really do i, I agree think we're i agree i think that's a great point the turn. yes mm-hmm. no i because I, I think and, it, and it's the it's the water bearers it's the torch carriers it's the it's the drum beaters you kurt uh howard uh kyle brian all i mean I, i'm not even gonna keep saying names rob i mean I'll, I'll leave out too many of them that are changing the tempo changing the direction the battleship oh, yeah you look you look at what's about, you know uh, into the job symposium. What he what they're doing out there is amazing. The guys he's bringing in to speak at that conference. I look at uh, Brothers in Battle. Their message is resonating from the West Coast all the way across the country. And uh, what Brian Brush has done with Firefighter Rescue Survey and 
those messages are starting to pound the drum louder and louder and louder and yes. louder. So that, you know, where safety is our priority and I get it, I get it, but the numbers prove otherwise. Right. It drives me nuts when you ask a captain or, or a chief officer how many line of duty deaths there are and they always blur out a hundred. Right. Holy shit. Read the data. Know the data before you blurt out that number to your firefighters. We're killing a hundred firemen. No, we're not. No. <laughs> We're not even close. It's it's blows me away that that's the number we still right. stick to, man. And 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 Brian's got the data. I mean, the Fire Fire Rescue everybody is showing the data. All right, um, grabbing you here because I got Rob Fisher uh, mm-hmm. coming out. He says the irony of Todd's demotion because he's he's. We're, I'm, I'm taking you back to your demotion. That same sure. department hired him back to develop their future officers, <laughs> and then. Louis Romero said, I would love to hear about his demotion. Then the same department hires him to train their leaders. Yeah, that was, uh, it's part of my class where I talk about, you can't make this shit up in the American (laughs) fire service. Some of the same, some of the things we do is still mind boggling. Uh, it was a different chief that brought me back and, uh, I thought we were on the right track. I really did. I mean, he was there when I was demoted, obviously. And I really thought that they wanted to have aggressive officers. They wanted aggressive firefighting again um, and development. And that really was the case. Uh, I heard some feelings in a class about aggressive firefighting. And those people's feelings that got hurt ran to the chief and whined and cried. Um, The first meeting, I was in a meeting with all the chief officers, and they all had their fancy class a's on i was there in just a golf shirt um and they were you know complaining to me about getting complaints about me and i offered to take them down to the training center and show them the hundreds of evals that were all you know tens and you know positives and they're like oh no no it's good it's good and then some other complaints were filed that covid hit and i literally to this day i've never gotten an answer i received a certified letter in the mail that said, cease and assist all training activities for land and a fire rescue. I, I, I had to look it up. I, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy. I did not know what a cease and desist order was, but I received an official cease and desist order from the department. Still today, no, never, no, no clarification. Never have gotten an answer on why I received a cease and desist order from the fire department. <laughs> to this day, it's been, a, it's been over a year. So it's just one of those things. I, I was like, I still have the letter. I actually have it built to a slide program now. Okay. That you can be, you can get a, uh, a, a cease and desist, <laughs> a cease and desist order to stop training firemen. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. You know, then you know you see videos and you're like, uh, do you think we need some officer development? Yeah. And we do. I mean, I, I know of one guy is training the whole department by himself. Wow. Wow, and that's not and a that's, struggling that, with it. That is not a small department to be uh, no. dealing with. No. Let me see if I can catch. I'm going to pull some more quotes and hype just to throw at you. Uh, yeah, pumped. Marshall Boyd said, "I'm pumped. Get those timestamps ready, dude. I'm just going to have to re-listen to it. I'm not even going to be able to keep track of it." Uh, uh, Dustin Duncan said, "One of the mentors of the fire service that when you hear him speaking, you definitely stop and listen." Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling out the best of the best here. I, I say best of the best. The ones that stick out to me as I, as I scroll really fast. Cause I don't want to miss people. Uh, Dirk Yaniak said very rare in today's fire service to have such dedicated and passionate people. 
Um, yeah, go on. Danny Dwyer said, amen, brother. Take care of the men and they'll do anything for you. All right. So it kind of catches up. Guys, I'm, I, again, uh, it's a great problem to have to have so many hype comments that I can't get to them all. I have a question coming at you. I need clarification from Garrett on, he says, so talking about bunker gear, maybe it'll make sense to you. I'll just throw it at you and see what happens. Talking about bunker gear, is there a good way to reach a lieutenant whose bunker gear doesn't seem to fit on over the bugle on his collar? Wow. Yeah. Is that a, I guess I, I, I may need to declare, is it because he's a fat ass or because he thinks he's so good he doesn't need to wear his turnout gear? There's a difference there. Um, if it's because he thinks he's too good for it, then that's a guy you need to transfer away from, get away from, or just constantly drill with everybody else. And it's funny to me how we have guys in, you know, leadership positions that can't even do the job. I, and I tell guys and, and guys that I train with and work with and, uh, you know, Kevin McCard and, 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 uh, Danny, you know, who commented, if they can't do the job, they're not going to train with me. I, I don't want guys that can't even put on their damn gear correctly teaching a class right you know i love uh i was at uh you know i've been to so many down there in pensacola and chief ike's actually forcing a door in a suit i've got a picture of chief ike in a suit <laughs> flowing a deuce and a half flown to 225 in the alley of the hilton hotel those are the guys i want to be around but if i if you got a boss can't even get his gear on uh i'm not beyond shaming that bastard i really am not beyond shaming somebody uh to this at this stage because he's a detriment not just to you, but the way I kind of approach things when I talk about alter development, you're those guys are a detriment not just to the members, but what about the member's wife and two kids that are sitting at home mm. depend on that boss to take care of them to make sure they come home that next day. You know, don't preach to me about safety when your ass can't get in your gear or you're not willing to get in your gear. Don't preach to me about safety when you when you supply your members with one set of half ass gear or not you know not having the proper washers and dryers in your firehouse so if we're not willing to do the things on the upside or the front end of safety how can we do the job for the you know know, for your family when you're at work you know you want to be able to go to work each day every shift to know that the fire department come to your house that the lieutenant the captain everybody's ready to throw that ladder get in there and make that grab yes uh and god forbid it ever happens but I sleep good because I know all the guys that come to my house. If I'm not here, they're coming to get my wife. I know my wife's getting out and probably my two damn dogs. Nice. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, when you work for boss that can't do the job, they're detriment to your family, man. Don't be afraid to shame those guys. Dude, I'm excited. They're not, they're endangering you and your wife and your children. Yeah. I, I always, I, I, I preach that, um, you know, going through the death of Stephen Solomon and knowing that he left behind a wife and kids. It, it, it's something that I always kind of always relive in my head about how important training and leadership really are in the fire service. And we have to be better than that, especially now we have to be, and we're proving that I think we are better, but I think we can be not just better. I think we can be beyond better. I think we can be great at what we do across the country not just in little pockets across the country not everybody's going to be fdny not everybody's going to be a boss center chicago i don't care if you're a one station or a 50 station fire department man we can be great we can all be great just a matter of making the effort to do so Dude, oh, you do have diet beer i just saw that by I the know. way bro I'm, 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 <laughs> I saw you got diet beer. friday morning man i weigh in we'll see how it's going 
So <laughs> I was at two twenty last time. I'm, my goal is one ninety, so I got thirty pounds to go. We'll see how oh, it goes. Bad. We'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I seriously listening to this. I'm ready to go throw ladders right now and force some doors. That's that's how <laughs> amped up I am. So, uh, so much is flying by here, guys. Um, I have. I'm trying to read super relatable question. I'm in a spot having to uh, lead my lieutenant from the driver's seat, but holy shit, if we don't, if we don't have on a collar shirt from Joshua Graham, uh, this is exactly why I love Todd Edwards. We need more people like him telling it how it is and not worry about people's feelings. That's from Kevin Terapchak. I, I promise you I'll screw up your names. <laughs> uh, Howard chief Ryan Walt said, get out of here. I can't see. Run from those that run from work. So love that. I love that. I love the way Howard, uh, Scott Thompson, and there's a there's a whole bunch of them out there, man. There are the fire, you know, department chiefs that are approaching their leadership style at the firefighter level, and they're not worried. I mean, obviously, they have to be worried about the politics. And I get sure, that. Sure, being an assistant chief. But they still prioritize their members, and um, you know it's it's one of those things that if you know we should definitely should be doing that at the lieutenant, captain, uh, battalion chief, whatever your you know your organization set up as. We, we have to prioritize those guys. But when you have fire chiefs like Howard and and Scott doing that, and uh, uh, Mark Wesseldine is a small department out in Colorado, and that list goes on and on and on. I'm blown away when I hear these guys' stories uh, about how they're managing their fire bar. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. I, like, I, I literally, I've sat there and, like, you know, followed Howard Reinwald around like a puppy the first time, I, even when he was telling me I'm doing this for the guys. And he never said anything about himself, his city, his his government issues. He kept just talking about the firefighters. And I was like, that's that's it. That's, that's where we need to be. And this was several years ago, man. The guy's uh, – a pure rock star when you hear him speak and he speaks from a, you know, when you hear him speak, you would never know that dude's a fire chief. No I doubt about it. In a suit. You would never know he's a fire chief. Hey, hey, he can rock and a Scott's suit. the same way. He looks good in a yeah, suit. And Scott's the same way though. Scott is, you would never know that Scott is a fire chief. He is a firefighter first and a fire chief second in my opinion. Which this really, this is off topic. And this is uh, just me going down a rabbit hole in my own head. It's how come so many, um, the guys that would make the best chiefs. I mean, I'm trying to word this question right. Don't want to be chiefs, and everybody that wants to be a chief is is don't have the skill set. You know what I'm saying? They just lack the. Yeah, except for the I'm I'm I don't I'm painting with a very broad brush. I get that because you got your Howard oh, and your Thompson, yeah. but uh, how come? How do we make that where the guys who who have the skills to be the chief will will take the position? I don't know. Does that make sense? The question. Yeah, a total sense. I, I think there was a handful of those, you know, the Mike Lombardos. Yeah, the unicorns. When you look at those, the, yeah, and, the, and you know, nowadays those guys are unicorns, and I think some of it has really started all the way back to the company officer where we're so worried about getting, you know, our little Fire Officer 1, Fire Officer 2 certificates and National Fire. And I'm not knocking any of these things. I really am not, guys. But there's also got to be some rowdy into these things, too, what really works in the fire service and what doesn't work. Staying up to date with what, you know, we were kind of joking about in my class about 
stop bitching about millennials. Those guys are now lieutenants and captains. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're just kind of hung up on that word, I think, because it sounds cool, I guess. But understanding the next generation of the 21, 22, 23-year-old firefighters and getting to know what they need, those are the guys we've got to focus on. But we can. I think we're going to see a change down the road. I think we're going to see where – I think we kind of went in that corporate route for so many years that we wanted all these degrees and and uh, guys being di- – I mean, I, hell, we got a guy uh, that I worked with that had his doctorate degree, and I was saying, why the hell are you on the fire department? Right. I mean, go get a, yeah, go get a real job make some damn money, man. But there's got to be a balance there, I think. And, and I agree. I think formal education, one of my biggest failures as a – um, as an assistant chief and really as a battalion chief is I had zero formal education and I struggled as an assistant chief when I, when budgets were dropped to my desk, it took me months yep. to learn that end of the job. Sure. And so, yeah, there are, there are, there's a spot for that, but battalion chiefs really, I, I think every fire chief that's awesome, like the Howards and the Scots were firefighters for a true hardcore, you know, kicking the door, rip your, face off firefighters uh uh dennis rubin's another one i mean dennis would show up in a one-story wood frame when he was the fire chief in atlanta i turn around and the fire chief of atlanta fire rescue would be at the front door yelling at me captain what the hell are you doing so i think we need <laughs> some more of that uh i got it I, I hate it i even said to myself look this up uh, a, a major, a, a huge department, their fire chief showed up at a pretty substantial fire. All the officers were there handling the fire. He packed up and went interior Whoa. with the guys. That's... And I was like, oh, that's it. I yeah. need to find out. We'll look his name back up, and, and that's the guy we want. Hey, we if want you find out, yeah, let me know that one. I want to I reference that one in the future. I wanna, yeah, it yeah. was a little on Facebook today, and I, and I read it, man. I was like, oh, man, I love that. I love that so much. I I would. I guarantee if I told Rob Fisher, who's the chief officer, I know he doesn't like to tell people that. If I told Rob Fisher I need an entry quarter on the interior, Rob Fisher take it. Chief Ike, I guarantee there's an <laughs> invisible go. rope that ties his ass to his car because right. I know he doesn't want to be at that battalion car. Shannon Stone, he's another one. He's an operations chief that is a firefighter first. More chief officers need to attend conferences and be around guys like the Rob Fishers and the Scots and the Howards and the, and the Kurtz and understand you can't have both. You can be well-educated, but still love this job and be great at this job and maintain your skill sets on stretch of lines and throwing ladders and forcing doors. You know, I got the, I got the chop on some roofs. I mean, you know, all the engine guys, right. they're going to freak out. I was using <laughs> the char tool at Lake of the Ozarks and cut some, cut some roof the other day. I was like, Holy crap. Hope nobody's videoing this. Right on, right on. <laughs> You got to be an engine helper for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and and it's not. And this is what I want to I want to springboard off you a little bit and just say this because it's the, you know the chief that showed up and said, "Hey, you guys got this handled." It's the the trust he shows in them and saying, "I get to go have fun now for a minute." Dude, that's yeah. To me, that's amazing, man. Uh, I want. Can you imagine being a twenty two year old kid? You turn around and your damn fire chief's inside with you. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! You're gonna rip down hell and back to yes. you know to do whatever this guy wants you to do because he's there. Uh, Lombardo's another one. You know, he's a, they come, he's a huge figure in the fire service, and that dude is still out there teaching. Teaching, yes. And he's not teaching lecture. He's out there teaching live fire, search, rescue, BES. He's doing all that, man. It's amazing. It's absolutely 
blows me away when I when I get to sit in a room with those. I don't even say shit. I just sit in the back there and go, oh, my God. Love it. Dirk, I got to pronounce your name right at some point. Is it Janiac or Yaniac? So, either way, <laughs> let me know if it's a soft J or a hard J. Anyway, he said, these guys are firefighters acting in the capacity of chief. And you're 100% correct. And then Tony Nunez said, we need more firefighters that want to be chiefs, not politicians that want to be chiefs. So, I agree with both of those. Uh, a lot of good comments. The chief should be passionate, aggressive, and treat the firefighters with the same importance as the citizens. Coming from Jeremy Mathis, a hundred percent. Man, so dude, I can't even. Dude, this is a great problem to have, but I can't even keep up. Rob Fisher said on it. Even though I would rather be on the truck, but for you, Todd, I'd do it. <laughs> oh yeah, Rob is definitely a truck slash Quint guy. But I guarantee Rob would still push a line. And he and, and the cool thing about guys like those, like the Robs and those guys, they can do both jobs. Right. I mean, they can they're going to rock and roll no matter what position you put them. They're going to rock and roll and be all and be awesome at it. Man, I'm trying to find Smoothbore Cartel. Okay, here we go. I marked it. So I was trying to. I'm scrolling way back here. Is eight minutes ago. So. Uh, but I wanted to throw this question at you because he said, please, and Kyle doesn't use please that often. Uh, I'm joking. Please talk about <laughs> Stevens fire. One mattress can be deadly. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, I was captain, my first stint as captain, um, in the same engine house, engine 20, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, 2006. And we were, I, and I still believe this today as a boss, if you're in a, in a larger department, uh, listen to every fire, listen to every fire. And I'm li- we're listening. We're, you know, we're at the station. We're on the front ramp. Uh, we just finished Thanksgiving dinner and I hear the fire bang out and we're listening and you can literally listen to the rail traffic and just tell something, everything was just setting up because so many departments, all our senior people are off on the holidays mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you after two that I, I, I never took a lot of holidays off, but after 2006, I never took another Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day off as an officer, uh, because that had a direct relation. We had a lot of, uh, people riding up, um, in charge at night, not, you know, the captains, the lieutenants, a lot of the senior members were off the night of this fire. This is a 32 by 34 crack house. It's a nothing fire in all reality um, that literally it got into the pine, uh, the pine, the uh, heart pine, um, Joyce and the black smoke conditions. And this is before we really were teaching a lot about reading smoke, especially in our organization. Right, right. Um, they got in because that was our nature over, you know, super aggressive, which I'm all about. But we hadn't really taught the acting officers how to be officers at that time. And no 360 was done. Everybody piled at the front door. Um, when things turned south, and it, it was just kind of one of those, uh, we were setting everything up for failure the morning, the, the, the start of that ship, because we had so many people riding out position. Not bad people at all. No, by any stretch of imagination, that, that particular firehouse was nothing but hardcore, hard-nosed firemen. Uh, every company that came to that fire were hardcore, you know, top shelf firemen. But when things turned south, they turned south so fast, so rapidly. Um, you know, Steven stood up, he removed turnout gear. Uh, 
when they and the fire literally probably went out with 10 gallons of water uh it was all wow. smoke burning but the the intensity of the fire the heat itself uh, was extreme uh they brought Stephen out he hung on for several days uh pretty much long enough for his family to say goodbye to him um dennis rubin was our fire chief uh he approached me the night of the fire to start putting together a class and i was blown away i disagreed with him and it was one of those times i was like chief this is wrong we don't need to do this shit yet and two days later we were at the site of the fate of the fire because Stephen was still in you know the burn unit teaching the class about what to do what we are playing the radio traffic and uh it was um it changed my perspective about everything in the fire service to a certain degree. I still sure. believe in, you know, I never lost my feeling about aggressive firefighting, but it really changed the perspective on training and how important it is to train on every aspect of this job and recognizing, you know, the scene size up and the reading, the smoke and reading the conditions and reading the buildings. And, um, you know, and I, and I like to look at that now as saying that Stephen's death wasn't in vain. And it literally, four months after Stephen's death, some firefighters from DeKalb County came back to our class and told us that the exact same scenario, and they recognized it and didn't make the mistake. Nice, nice. So it paid off. I mean, if it only saved four guys from doing the same thing, then it's all, all of the hours yeah. we spent doing that class, <laughs> all, you know, and we spent months. I mean, every day I was off for months, we spent that house doing all the members of Atlanta Fire and then members throughout the Metro Atlanta area came to that class. And it was uh, it was truly, you know, uh, an amazing event. And I still play, I still have the radio traffic. Every now and then I'll play that radio traffic and remind myself of just how critical things can be at a fire scene. And I, I think it's an important class. And, uh, and I love that other guys still do it. Other departments still use the class and their recruit training. Nice. So it's uh it's uh very cool to see that we're still learning from those things even from uh 2006. No, that's amazing. That's awesome, man. Uh I had one to throw at you here. Josh Hudson, Josh Hudson said, about to graduate EMT, advice on choosing best district, agency, or department besides the pay. Thanks. So, you can Dude, go in so I, I many directions you, you can go with this question. So. Yeah, oh, my God, yes. Um, if I'm not on an organization, I would definitely talk to some, I would talk to members not on that department because sometimes they'll either overbash or underbash or oversell or undersell. Um, and I'm not sure where the gentleman's from. I mean, if he's from the metro area and somebody said, where would you go right now? I would say DeKalb County, Forsyth County are two – Departments really trending in the right direction to Cab County. Their fire chief has pretty much turned the fire department over to the firefighters and to the officers. I mean, that guy's doing incredible things. Um, and I'm not saying negative. I, I think Atlanta's trying to trend in the right direction. It's an uphill battle, but I think they're going to trend in the right direction. I didn't choose Atlanta based on money. I, money was never my thought. I just wanted to be on a big city. I didn't, and at that time, uh, it was really about whoever called first. I would have went anywhere to be on the big city department. He's connecting. He's How about back. Now? All right, you're back. I think, you're uh, back. I think I have a 40 minute limit or some crap on my Zoom. I didn't think that had any bearing since you're the one that did the meeting. No, nah, it shouldn't, but maybe it does. I don't know. 
It's uh, yeah. I have no. I've never had that happen before. Uh, everybody, we fully uh, <laughs> apologize. That shit was his fault. It was. It was hundred <laughs> percent. I got some stuff to read to you. This is the worst behind the scenes ever. That's from Devin Craig. Uh, Dirk said the chief looks way better than you, Corley, when frozen. That's un- <laughs> unkind at best. Tony Nunez said that wonky Atlanta internet. Uh, and then Devin, this is my favorite one. He got demoted again. So that was. <laughs> I've been demoted on the weekly scrap. That is badass. I want a t-shirt that says, I got demoted on the weekly scrap. Gilbert said he pushed pause to get a beer. Uh, All right. The fact checkers couldn't even handle the gospel he's preaching. All right. There we go. We're pretty much Zuck strikes again from Kyle. All right. Oh, my God. I love it. Blame Corley Moore. Yes. All right. We got a lot. Everybody loved it. Thank you. Three, I think we were literally down for three minutes. I was literally <laughs> mashing buttons going, holy shit. Like a minute. Um, and everybody should have time to get a beer and uh, take a leak. So. That's it. A minute of it was me just staring at your frozen face going, I'm hurt, hurt. And then, yeah. Anyway, the delay hurts. Yeah. I don't even know where we were at now. See, that's the dysfunction. Yeah, I, we were. Uh, I was kind of wrapping up, uh, you know, about Stephen. Yes. Uh, and the changes and all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we still do that class every now and then. We still get, and we, I've kind of built in some of my decision making classes. Um, it, uh, it it it'll be one of those things that I'll never forget. I was one of his lead instructors mm-hmm. when he came through our fast track program, and. Um, it, it's still one of those things I think about that maybe I should have did this, maybe I should have did that. And, and, and yeah, I think that's nature of the beast sometimes, man. Things, sure. you know, shit's going to happen. You know, it's just unfortunate that the way this one transpired was so predictable. At the end of the day, hindsight, you know, is great. At the end of the day, you go back, man, maybe we shouldn't allow every goddamn officer in the fire department to be off that damn day. Let's right. have some senior people around. And so I never took another holiday off after that. I literally worked every every holiday. Uh, I was scheduled to work because, and that had a lot to do with it. I can see the motivation behind it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, looking for I don't I don't have another question. You guys, we need more questions. The pause got a lot of good comments. I'm not going to lie, but okay. uh, <laughs> not questions. Just a lot of damn co- typical fireman comments. <laughs> no doubt about it, dude. You might be well be at a firehouse kitchen table. Uh, <laughs> Realist, uh, realistic training. I wanted to ask you about it because how how difficult is it in the modern fire service? A with the safety culture, but also type one buildings, class A fires. Uh, how do we get realistic training? Uh, it, one of the things you can, and it's to me, it's fairly easy. Even when I did drills at the fire station, we did full out drills. So, you know, if we were stretching lines, we stretching gear. I mean, I just was. I'm not saying I, I'm right. I really am not saying that. But I never stretched a cross lay, a deuce and a half, a skid load, not wearing full PPE with a BA on my back. Um, so why would we drill in T-shirts and shorts? I get it, you know, it's hot, wham, wham, wham. But for us to go out and drill constantly in shorts, there's, and, and, and everybody knows this, there's a big difference between throwing a ground ladder in shorts and a T-shirt and throwing ground ladder with a BA on my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with pulling hose there, you know, mistakes are more apt to happen when I got all my gear on. And this way we learn more and correct more when those mistakes happen. I've seen guys literally tied up in knots, uh, pulling the hose line wrong. It gets wrapped around their BA. 
T-shirt and shorts, we're done, we're happy, we're high-fiving, we go into Target Solutions bullshit and log three hours of training. Uh, and have we really drilled? And, and again, I always, I always try to approach training from, I'm not just benefiting Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but I'm benefiting you, your wife, your kids. Right. No, that mindset, that mindset. Yeah, it changes yeah. everything. Yeah, and, and man, it, it, again, we're not just training for them. We're training for all of us. And how much safer are we when you know how to pull the line? I know how to pull the line. Right. And we're aggressive about it, and we're doing it in full gear. Same with drags and carries. Dude, I guarantee I can get my wife to drag me around the kitchen floor, but I put her in full PPE and sheetrock and carpet. She's not moving me one inch. And it's the same thing we do in the fire station. Too much dragging around the bay floor versus to a vacant house where there's carpet and obstacles. So, you know, making a turn outside the bay door, you know, the engine room door is one thing. Making a turn out of the basement door of after going up a flight of steps is a different yes, no, Absolutely. We've got to train our guys for worst case scenarios sometimes. And I think we're we literally cheat ourselves. And, and I and one of the things I've really preached with, you know, everybody I work with, if we can't make it realistic, we're really uh, we're, it's a, it's not benefiting the guys. And we do I mean, I'm not saying get around, you know, fourteen oh three and all those things, but we'll we'll push the envelope. And I, and I will can he, I will always push the envelope. I don't ask anybody on the department to push it. I don't ask any of my students to push it. Only I'm going to push it. I know what the limits are. Um, we did a drill recently where we had fake smoke. We had a bathtub in the second story, and we filled the bathtub with water. I stripped down to nothing but my underwear, nice. covered myself in baby oil, and and we don't we don't plan it. We just, whatever crew's assigned on that search and rescue, got it, and it happened to be a 22-year-old kid on his first search. Nice. And when he reached it, and when he reached in the tub and he felt me, he, he I could literally see his face, like, in shock that that he felt somebody that wasn't a hose mannequin. Right. Or a piece of plastic. And they struggled. And, he, and he, they readily admitted they had never moved a live person in their underwear which is understandable that with, you know, what little time you've been on the job. And it was such a great education for him to actually have to lift me out of a bathtub and he dropped me the first three times. Right. No, no. And, how- <laughs> and they dropped me. But it was funny because the only thing he could remit, he never thought about grat. He was doing the standard sure. underneath the arms of a hose or a mannequin. You're pretty rock solid. Underneath a human being, we, yeah. our arms fly. And that's, and every time he went underneath my arms, I was limp. He was kept dropping me, and once I, I finally stopped him because after he hurt me three times, I right. said, "Grab my wrist, bro! Grab my wrist!" And he grabbed my wrist, and I went right down the steps. But those are the things we talk about: realistic training. Uh, instructors got to be willing to kind of push the envelope sometimes within you know within boundaries. No, and you, had, I mean, but, but honestly, you put your, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be dramatic about it, but you put yourself in harm's way with this 22 year old kid grabbing you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you risked a little bit of injury. I, it's not obviously like, you know, you're not risking uh, serious injury, but being injured or hurt as he learned this skill that he's not going to get any other way. Right. Yeah. I, I tell also, I mean, be the mannequin. I mean, I know, and you know, you know, senior guy, I mean, once you do it, you, you learn kind of how to protect yourself. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, when I see guys are really unsure 
then I'll I'll coach here and there about drags and carries or or whatever. Um, I'm always amazed when guys lift me off the bed and start dragging me across the floor and say using the blanket that I was laying on top of and not using that as a sure you know, instant skin. You'll do it. <laughs> Well, and you'll do it 500 times to bring grandma down a flight of steps. But when you're in a house fire, you don't think, hey, the blanket, you know, that shit really works. Right. So it's, you know, some of the skills are, it's very basic. You know, it's kind of basic stuff sometimes, but in the heat of the moment, on air, you've thrown ladders or you've done a search for three or four minutes throughout the, the burn building or house, wherever you're at, and then they encounter you. It, it, it really changes perspectives. I, I, I know, um, Mel, uh, David Mellon does it. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Cody and Brothers Battle do a lot of those type of things, and so it's not like I'm the only one doing that kind of realist training. There's guys, there's guys all over the country, but what I try to do with officers or departments is encourage that realistic training. Right. It doesn't have to come from me or uh, whoever, but you know, every now and then, man, you know, go past the hose. I, my, you know, my favorite thing. I always use an example of is when you get to the mannequin and it's already got a girth hitch wrapped around his chest. <laughs> yeah. So all you got to do is grab the girth hitch. And just start dragging. Go, start dragging. I've been to a couple fires. I've not found a victim yet that had a girth hitch already predisposed in the head facing the right way. And, you know, so right. why would we train our recruits that way? And why would we train firefighters for years and years and years? And then five years into the job, they actually encounter a 250-pound naked man. Nope. How do you drag that guy? Right. You know, you, we've got to give them those true real life skill sets. And we don't always do that. It's kind of no. like the sounding the floor and a PA. I mean, it's the check off firefighter one, check off bullshit, sound the floor, don't, don't, sound the yeah. floor, sound the floor. And there's a five year old underneath the window. You just crush that five year old head because you're so worried about sounding the floor. Because that's all you've been told right. for your first three years on the job. Sound the floor, sound the floor, sound the floor. No sweep at all. I've, yeah. Yeah, sweep if you want to sound, which again, if the house is that involved that you got you're concerned about the floor giveaway, maybe you shouldn't be in there in the first place. But uh, uh, watch yeah, out now, you're starting you're starting to use common sense. Watch out now. Did we get anybody back, or did anybody still trying to figure out why we froze? No, brother. They, I, I, I can't even keep. I, I want to at the end of this. I want to see how many comments were made because I cannot keep up with them. Uh, David Mellon said underwear, oil, and a bathrobe. And there's a bunch of emojis. I've got, I'm trying to scroll guys and keep up. I really do mean, I got a question I want to throw at you from Rob Duplessis, but I also don't want to distract you from, uh, the current sermon. Uh, so I'm going to come back to it. Um, Mo Davis said, great guy right here. So you got chief Mo saying you're a great guy. I think you got him fooled. Uh, Devin Craig said, real people are squishy. Dummies are hard. Uh, Okay, this is what I wanted to throw at you, which was Shane Faroda. He said Todd Edwards is awesome! Exclamation point. Wish he oh, was Shane's a the man. Wish he was a chief down here. So that's my next question to you: Has there ever been any interest in doing something like that somewhere? Uh, I think. Um, Sorry, it's a left, yeah, left, left really field question. Was. So go ahead. Yeah, there really was, and uh, it, it really came down to be honest with you. And I was very honest with the uh, chief of that organization. I'm a friend with that uh it was a family decision it wasn't my decision it was that my family's made nothing but sacrifices for me since day one um and we had to do what was best for uh one of our family members who's you know a few years older than i am uh and look out for him and 
that's really how i mean if things would have been different i probably would be in that position right now and i was a fire chief i could never be a fire chief uh but it was an ops position and with an organization i'm familiar with um and i was absolutely in love with it uh interviewed with the fire chief um and was ready to do the move but when we really looked at the big picture we had to look at what was best for our family at that sure. moment in time i'm not i am we've never uh closed the door on anything i mean i think we're very open uh about our future uh and again kind of goes back to everything happens for a reason and maybe that position just wasn't at that time for the right reasons for our family and uh you know like I said, they've sacrificed for me for so damn long right. that I didn't want to do that again. Hey, well, you know what? I know he just moved here, and uh, yeah, he'll be fine. We're moving. You know that just it just that's just how that happened. And, so what I'm um, hearing is is you yeah is like maybe. So if there's out there, if there's chiefs yeah. out there looking, hey, yeah, absolutely, I get a oh, maybe. Definitely. I'm throwing it at you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got yeah. a question. I want to scroll back to. I got to find it, guys. Seriously, I mean, this is. Uh, Right here, how do I deal with certain leadership? <clears throat> this is from Rob Duplessis. He said, how do I deal with certain leadership that discredits my mentors, i.e. Chief Edwards, County Fire Tactics, and Brothers in Battle? So is, is it about discrediting the leadership, or how can we maybe change that? I, I, I'm, no, always. Maybe I'm missing, missing the heart of the question. And this is the thing, um, if you ask a question in the scrap, be, be, be very aware that the, uh, the person you're asking gets to clarify, dig in, and can even attack. So uh, <laughs> just, just be aware, especially if it's Todd Edwards. So, I, I, I'm I can, a, I, and one, one of the things I always teach in the class, and I don't know if this will even damn help, I really don't. Uh, if you have a leadership issue with the organization, and, and I do this all the time, and I, hell, you see me do in my classes, I'm going to ask everybody, every chance, every opportunity, why? Why are we doing this? Why do we believe this? Why don't we have this? Why can't we do this? I guarantee what, and the funny shit is, the guys you're asking the why to don't usually know because they've never asked anybody why. You know, why do we have, you know, you know whatever the case is. Um but man, if we got everybody that's struggling with leadership, and I'm not saying just in struggles, I asked why. I asked why when things are great, because it gives me that clarification. And sometimes, you know, we all know what we're here for. We know what we know the what. We don't always know why we do certain things or why we, you know, like Atlanta still does hydrant inspections twice a year. Why? You know, there's a water department. Why are we inspecting hydrants? So when my guys asked me, I said, real simple, we're learning territory. And when we're done, we're going to know where every damn hydrant is in our first two districts. Right. I don't need Love to have. I, so there are, and a lot of times the answer to why is very simple, but we don't, we're afraid to ask it. And there's a way to ask why without being an asshole either. And it's just sometimes how you approach it. Your tone of voice makes a big difference when you ask somebody why. Right and on. it always amazes me when we don't ask it. I mean, why Why would you go back to the station and bitch and moan? And when I ask you why, you go, oh, no. Well, did you ask why at the meeting, boss? Ask why. They have to give you an answer. And then my, you know, if they don't give you an answer, I'm here's my favorite follow-up. Why can't you answer that? Right. Right. <laughs> it's amazing to me when he goes, oh, shit, I have no idea. 
I'm going to get the answer. It may take me 10 times asking you why, but I won't get an answer out of your ass sooner or later. You back me. I mean, I mean, yeah. until they have to say, because I said so, at which point there's no answer at all. Yeah. So to that guy's question, uh, I would need a little more detail. I mean, you know, and I would ask, if I was him, I would just simply ask whoever he reports to, why don't we have a more aggressive mindset or why don't we attend more training or why aren't we doing more trainings? Why aren't we using, uh, you know, a seventh eighth smooth bore? You know, why not? Why not ask why? They can't kill you for asking why. Absolutely. You're not being a you're, you're not being a douchebag. You're just asking questions. And I think we should encourage and we really should be encouraging everybody to ask the why. I want to know the why. I really do. It's my favorite thing. I mean, and when I'm in classes, I ask that. I probably I asked I've why seen it. I've seen it. Yes, I've class. seen it, man. It's like, but uh, isn't it cool though? Because then you get no, some I'm amazing sure. no, clarity. Clarity is amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I want to springboard off of you if I can and say to the guy is, <clears throat> if you're following Edwards and County Fire Tactics and brother, brothers in battle, then you're right. Okay. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. You're right. But there is a difference between being right and being effective in your organization because you can get hung up on being right and completely miss out on being effective. And so you have to figure out how you can mesh those two because being right sometimes will get in the way of being able to push forward with change, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think it does make sense. And I hope he he kind of sees your point. And hopefully he'll kind of, you know, maybe reach out or he can always contact me directly if if it's something I didn't clarify. I'm always open. Uh, I'm overly anal retentive about answering people. Uh, on Facebook or, you know, more or less my email, I will answer you guarantee you may, may not be that day, but I'll get back with you uh, for sure. If I didn't answer something, I will be more than happy to answer it uh, down the road or tomorrow or whatever. Where was my next? I had a question here. Okay. I found it. I found a new method. Okay. I'm getting good. Jim Platt said as, (laughs) as training officers, how do we make sure we are getting in reps and just not observing being the victim, make sure the boxes are being checked during company drills. How do we stay engaged basically as a, as a company officer is what I'm really reading it as. So the first thing I always have done as a, as a company officer, whether we're doing hose, whether we're doing uh, ground ladders is I always wanted to go first and I wanted to make sure I build out enough time that I got rep. I wanted reps. I wanted the same reps. The guys got, if I'm doing a class, I, you know, I, I typically will build out a program where instead of having a 45 minute rotation, we'll have an hour and a half rotation nice. as a company officer at the fire station. I wanted to make sure that I did the drill first. Yeah. I would, I'd love doing like uh fall on lines through obstacles and, you know, things that we could actually encounter in our district. And I always wanted to go first. I wanted to be, I wanted to one set a bar a little bit. Uh, and I also didn't want to be the guy who was slacking behind. You know, I, I was anal about being the first one in the truck. And, you know, the rookies love beat my ass in the truck. Um, same with as a battalion chief. I mean, I literally jumped the drive. If my driver wasn't out there, I would get the damn driver's seat and drive us to the fire. And he'd be riding passenger to the fire seat because I didn't want to be beat in, especially by squad five. I want right. to make sure I beat their ass in all day. Um, <laughs> But as far as how to ensure if you're a training officer, you've got to, you've got to build that time. And if it's one of those, I, I like doing quarterly stuff. I don't like us to get focused on 10 things over a quarter 
let's focus on two things over three months. Okay. So if we're working at 24, so I'm guaranteed that we're looking at about 27 shifts over in two subject matters and combine those. So I'm going to do entry quarter stretches and do snap stretches in that quarter. It's the only thing we're going to focus on, and we're going to get rep after rep, rep. after rep after rep. I guarantee you, when guys left that class the other day, and uh, unbelievable credit to Jonah Smith, um, they were sick of seeing Firehouse. They were sick of seeing Firehouse when they <laughs> left that train at the Oaks. Right. They got our last revolution. Our last, uh, our last group there probably like, I'm so sick of touching, pulling, stretching, and blowing Firehouse. Right. That means you got enough reps. When you're tapping out, you've got enough reps. So, so yeah, build out your training programs where you're more quarterly based and you can spend more time on a subject matter instead of trying to hit 85 check boxes every month. It's insane what we do in training sometimes. Focus and reps. Mm-hmm. Take, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Yep. This is what's great about again, it's, like, I can't wait. To, I'm oh just like, yeah. I mean, what a great idea, though. I mean, think about the ideas that we get. Uh, that I've listened to and watched from other guys, you know, um, you know, guys I even know. I've heard the same speech from, but man, I hear them on here. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's awesome. Shannon Stone was one of them. Shannon Stone was one of my favorites of all time. Dude, it's hard to have favorites when I get like just badasses week in week out to come in here. But yeah, Shannon Stone. Um, yeah, I, I won't even start. Okay, if I do that, I'll be. <laughs> I get, uh, You'll get vocal. I thought you were. I thought I was your favorite. <laughs> Matt Wall. Uh, no, Kyle, Ike, Shannon, uh, uh, Howard. I, dude, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, see, I started. Now it's too late. Can't can't pull it <laughs> back down that rabbit hole. And, and the other part is, is I was talking to who? Who was I talking to? It was Brumley, Jonathan Brumley, down there at the lake. Oh, that guy's awesome. No, but he got screwed kind of because he was early on before I kind of figured out how the scrap worked and had not worked. Back. Yeah, that's that's what I told him. I was like, you get a you get a yeah. Cause I, there's a whole bunch of early guys who kind of got screwed that need a, 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 re, a redo. So do a uh, scrap reboot. There it is, the revisit. Yeah, there you go. Um, Matt Wallace said leadership problems are usually found when you're looking outside of your circle. If your chief is not at your station, forbidding you from putting you your gear on, training, and taking care of your station, maybe refocus on your circle of influence. Love it, Todd. And then just ask why, dude. That's that. That's perfect, dude. I, I tell you what. One of the things he said in there that I absolutely a hundred percent agree with, and I, I do this in, in my leadership class. I've never, as a battalion chief and as an instructor, have gone into a firehouse and said, "Man, those three firemen you got suck." No, that officer sitting on his lazy ass in the in the office watching TV. He's the one that sucks. Hell yeah. I've never seen a group of fire. If you've got a strong boss, that you, you usually got strong firefighters. If you got a weak ass boss, you usually got weak ass firemen. But in not every case, but in a lot of cases. Uh I watched a boss uh in the uh, recently, well somewhat recently, take three of the best firefighters I've ever seen and destroy them. And it was all because he won he was more concerned about getting chicks phone numbers on scenes and how many girls he was going to talk to on the phone versus those three guys those three guys family and taking care of the citizens and it still pisses me off today two of them have left the job and it was directly related to that boss they've moved on to other fire departments because they could not deal with him 
And that, was, that, that really is, uh, it's disturbing. It's not everywhere. It really is not, but it does happen. It's, you know, when we talk about leadership, man, and captains have the most influence 100%. or lieutenants, how, then how often do you see your fire chief? At no. your fire department, how often do you actually see the fire chief? Right, right. Yeah, in most cases, it's not that often. But right. man, I got to see that. I got to see that captain every day or that lieutenant every day. That Sometimes. guy's going to influence me more than anybody. Right. No, no, yes. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's more often than you want to, depending on what position <laughs> you hold. But no, 100%. Yeah. 100% and, and I was going to say there's some foreshadowing on the five questions for firefighters on what's the, uh, but we'll see how that, how that plays out. But I think okay. might have got an early answer. Um, you probably did. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, where I'm at. Share the info. He's talking to C.H. William. Quality over quantity. Kevin McCart. David Woodward said, he said I was his favorite. That is true, Woodward. I'll always tell you. Every time you buy me a beer, I'll tell you you were my favorite. <laughs> so we started something right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Howard said, put him back on. I will always listen to Brumley every time. Uh, give a big shout out to Kevin McCart. I just met Kevin McCart for the first time at the lake. Mm. Captain gets it and spreads the knowledge. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, his wife's uh, in my living room right now. Okay, Kevin okay. McCart's wife, but not you know. Don't I know? Well, you're probably about to get eighty five comments about that shit. Uh, she's hanging out with my wife this weekend. So nice. <laughs> uh, Garrett Tay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. Go. I'm, I'm take a drink of beer. You. Talk. Oh, I was just- I was going to say that's another aspect of the brotherhood I think gets forgotten, how close uh, these families can really become. And uh, uh, I consider Kevin and Tracy family. I don't consider them just some guy I see at conferences. I consider those guys pure family. No, and again, going, we're, we're like circling back to the beginning when we talked about it. That is the beauty of these uh, these. I don't want to say the conferences. It's the the brotherhood that actually really does exist. It's just the conferences give oh, you yeah. that, give you that chance to uh, reignite and reweave and and rebuild these. You see them twice a year, three times a year, once a year, and it's just yeah. like it's like it's your cousin at family reunion, man. It's like, dude, we yeah, everything you love, I love. I uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're best friends. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. So sorry, I get excited about it. Um. The fire, Matt Sleet said the fire service often speaks about the senior man. How does one assume that position if the senior man, it just moved on me, is absent from that role? So how do you be a senior man if the actual, you're saying the actual guy with time on is absent from the role? But go ahead. I'll let you Yeah, I it. think what he, I think what he, you know, that we're, you know, not every senior guy is that guy right. who wants to take the lead. Yes. Who wants to be the example for the young guys. Um yeah, you know, it was funny. I watched a one-year guy, and my my last firehouse, my driver was senior, but I had two rookies, and each rookie just kind of led each other at times. And so sometimes, whether you got two years, three years, four years on the job, you're almost forced into a leadership. You know, and I don't want to say a role, but you're the way you carry yourself, leading by example every day, being early, being the first one out the door, being the first one on the rig. Being the first one to get up and wash a damn dish, you know, it, it's not that hard. It really is not. It, it's great when you got that senior guy that's been around for 20 years and he's literally dripping in salt because he's been in so many jobs and he's seen right. everything you can throw at him. But sometimes it's 
especially in today's fire service, how young we've become in the last five years. No doubt. That you're a senior man and may only have three years on the job or four years on the job, but that guy's got to step up and take that lead role. But it's still, you know, if the as a boss, I wanted my driver to take that role. And I wanted my two-year guy to help my one-year guy. And I wanted my one-year guy to help my six-month guy. And we really approached it that way. We did everything in a team setting. Uh, not everybody has that strong leadership. So I kind of took more of a team approach in the leadership aspect that if I was missing, I knew my driver was going to be there. If I was, if my me and my driver were off, I knew my three-year guy would step up to the plate and he wasn't going to let that firehouse miss a beat while we were gone. Right. And right. that really just kind of circled around all the time. I literally had no qualms about us being off work or at a conference or teaching because I knew that we had taken our brand new rookie and started hopefully making him a leader as well by giving him responsibilities, by listening to his thoughts and ideas. And, and I, I truly believe that, man, that, that six, that six second guy has got ideas. He's got thoughts. He's got opinions and Holy shit. Shut up and listen to that guy. That guy may know some shit you don't know anymore or may know some new shit, or maybe he's been to a class. I loved hearing, uh, you know, I, I sent a couple guys to a conference. They came back with some ladder shit I'd never seen before. They showed me how to flip ladders up on my shoulder, and I'd never done that right. before. No. So, I've, I, you know, I've got a rookie and my senior guy showing us stuff that I'd never experienced before. So, yeah, I think that uh, it's a tough pill, though, when, you you know, you're not sure where you're at in the company. But, again, that kind of comes back to the boss to establish those boundaries or expectations and what, you know. I'm a big believer, and I want my firefighters to tell me what they expect. Thousand percent, Not just man. what I expect of them. That shit's easy. But, man, how, how many times do you hear where a rookie has told the captain, hey, captain, this is what I expect from you? It, it's, a, it's an incredible thing to ask a brand-new guy as a boss uh, what he expects out of you as a boss. And you right. know, some of you may be shocked by some of the answers. And some yeah, of you won't be because, you know, you usually got to drag that shit out of them. But they'll tell you eventually. Eventually, and I love it. No, uh, Von Oppen has that uh, ten for you, ten for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that that concept. I really, really. Yeah. Do. Okay, I got a good question for you here. It's from it's from Kevin McCart. He said, "Ask Todd what he <laughs> did today." <laughs> I avoided his wife, my wife, and because uh, they were gardening, and I just went and played golf. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I got to get out of the house. So I walked 18. I usually only walk nine, but I walked the whole 18 because I called and they hadn't even started shopping for the gardening supplies. I was like, yeah, I'm going to need another couple hours away from the house. So, yeah, that's exactly what I did today. I boarded my home to avoid his wife and my wife. Nice. <laughs> so they could do their gardening. Shit. There's your answer, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I got a serious question after I've got a, a couple of – because. Uh, Kyle Romagus, Smoothbore Cartel said <laughs> earlier, he said, do not, well, I, I'll, I'll just go with, don't let your wife show Todd pictures of you when you were young. You will see them again. Yes. Uh, there's a particular picture that floats around every now and then. Uh, I think I'd been on the job about a quick second and I did the fireman calendar. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. And the fireman calendar picture occasionally reappears. And I've got like so, right? It's, it's horrible, bro. Right. right. It's so bad. I hate it. Um, a buddy of mine from Ohio actually sponsored a golf hole 
And at that, it was the 18th hole at golf tournament. Hundreds of guys pulled by this hole. And it was my pit, my calendar picture uh, of Scott Ben sponsoring the 18th hole for his construction company. But it was my pitcher. Love it. At the 18th hole in full calendar mode, bro. It was horrible. So, I yeah, it. I agree with him. What, what pitchers do you allow out there? <laughs> now, Chief Reinwald chimed in and said that Todd has the best got you slides. He holds them until you are in the crowd also. So, yeah, they're, they're putting have, it on uh, you. They're putting it on you saying you're the best one with the Yeah, and that's okay because I will take your pitcher in certain positions. Uh, I took one like at the Ozarks of a guy who was pretending to be roofied. <laughs> and uh, so I'm holding that pitcher. Uh, Jake Hill out of Fort Benning and Tallahassee, Alabama, uh, likes booty shorts. <laughs> so he actually posed for me, and he found himself as my opening slide at Pensacola Beach in front of foreign firemen one year. Very so, nice. Uh, nothing too compromising, but uh, I do like an occasional get back pitcher, and I I keep them all. I literally have files of pitchers that I just you know I never know what I'm going to use them. All right, Chief. Is it, uh, is it since you were demo- is it still Chief? I mean, what what do you answer to? It's it's just Todd now. I don't right, hold any right. rank. I actually firefighter. How about I'm brother? Doing some I'll more. just do brother. Yeah, I'm good with that. Anything, right. uh, anything. I'll answer to anything. We're to, we're like in a minute or a minute, one hour and seventeen. Are you good to go? I got more questions to throw. Yeah, at I'm, you. I'm okay. I'm not doing anything, bro. Uh, Alan Byerly said, "What's the best advice?" For senior firefighters who are dealing with inexperienced officers who are trying to fill large shoes, make a name for themselves, intimidated by others, etc. I mean, I, I love that. That's such a great question, man, because I think that's very common throughout the fire service is to be talk to him one-on-one. Oh, I, I, I would prefer away from the firehouse, but really have a heart-to-heart to try to help that young officer. And we do, we see this all over the country right now where you have that new officers never served that role. Probably has not really received any training. I'm sure he's got his little fire officer once, sir, but man, there is nothing better to me than having open, honest conversations about the way maybe you can help him, the way he can help you. Uh, best advice as a senior man. And I think those, we, we tend to walk on eggshells because the guy's got a little, brass on his collar versus ALT or hey cap what do you think about this even if you got to kind of you know make it float that um you're asking for his advice while you're giving advice and you know you may run some questions by some other guys you know and see if that helps and, and um please uh at the end I'm sure you know you can always reach out to me and I would love to run some you know question answer back and forth with sure. you to really help you out a little bit deeper uh, but yeah, that can be kind of, it, it can be uncomfortable. And if you're not used to having um, uncomfortable conversations with other firefighters, uh, it can even be even more uncomfortable. Yes. And I, I'm a huge believer in that, you know, approach those things head on, uh, you know, obviously with respect to the rank and everything, but um, I, it, it's an easy way to do it. I, I think, and I, I think I can help you a little bit more if you, if you can reach out to me and, uh, we can run some questions you may ask with him and, and kind of work your way through some of those uh, more, you know, kind of uh, nuance, uncomfortable yeah. situations, I guess. Yes, like sir. it. Yeah, love it. Boves says, after being wrongfully demoted, how did you keep from being disgruntled? How did you keep your passion for the job? It's a great question. 
Yeah, it's the easiest answer. It's be it's actually a softball question for me. Okay. Um, love of the job, man. At the mm. end of the day, end of the day, my love for the job itself, fighting fires, helping others, helping other firefighters. It was a no. It was a no brainer for me going back to the firehouse. I never it, quitting never crossed my mind. Suing never crossed my mind. Crossed my wife's mind. Never crossed my mind. <laughs> I literally fell back on you know, and I look around my office and I've got like four hundred code red fire trucks in my office. Um, I, I, it's the job itself, man. That that rank and stuff is great, and I loved what I was doing to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, man, it's still about strapping it on and going to work. And that, and that's always been that's where I started at. I never have forgotten where I came from, and I still take that approach today. And I took that approach when I got double demoted. And my my passion for the job overrid everything negative about the demotion. It really did. I never I disengaged. I was disgruntled with the with the boss, but I never lost passion for the organization. I mean, for the fire service, and you know. Your little fire, you know, our fire stations or our little fire departments or our big fire departments are, are, are very small compared to the big picture of the American Fire Service. I mean, there's thousands of guys out here doing this job, and I want to be with those guys. 100%. You know, I mean, it's just, it, to me, it's that easy. I know it sounds kind of um, simplified, and uh, it took my wife a long time to understand that, but, uh, it, it, you know, you know, and I know Bo, and you know, I have the uh, just things like this, dude. What other job has this? I can't no, see. I, there's, there's nobody at IBM doing this bullshit. Nobody at McDonald's is having this conversation right, right now because nobody's passionate about flipping a freaking hamburger. What's the best way to run the deep fryer type conversation? Holy shit, it's so simple to me, man. At the end of the day, the reason I joined the job is the reason I love the job. That's awesome, and that's man. why it was so easy for me to take that devotion. Go, I don't give a shit. I'm going back on a rig. It couldn't, but it couldn't work out better. Like I said before, it couldn't work out better for me. No, I for love me it. personally, you know, it, nothing about business or teaching or jobs. It was still at the end of the day, man. I left last shift in firehouse. Love it, man, dude. That's perfect. Uh, and and a story I want to. Uh, we were having the conversation at the firehouse about promotional tests, right? And there was mm-hmm. guys. There was guys who put in hours and hours and hours of studying, and then they complained because the test was easy, right? Mm-hmm. Com- complaining is a harsh word, but they were like, "Man, this test was too." Easy. But there was other guys who like failed the test, and it's like, well, it was easy for those guys because they put in, you know, the work on the front end. It was just e- it, it seemed easy because they put in so much work, and that's kind of sure. what your answer said when you said this is the easy answer. Is I love the job. It's it's an easy answer for you because you love the job. You know, for- studying was easy to me. Okay. Every promotional test I did, uh, I took, I did well on. I'm not, you know, I'm not bragging about that. It wasn't like I was a genius. I studied at the firehouse. I studied in my car on the way home. I studied when I got home. I studied when the kids took naps. I worked for those promotions. Uh, nobody handed me my lieutenant or my captain or my captain the second time. Uh, yeah, because I, I wasn't demoted. I self-demoted one time, too. Um I worked for those promotions and I loved, I mean, I, 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 I've read, I literally in my bookshelf behind me, I got George, uh, John Norman's latest uh, handbook, the right. last one he wrote. 
I studied out Fifth John edition, Norman's yeah. first one was one of our first lieutenant's exams. And I read that thing. I got notes, highlights, uh, nice. uh, index cards. I loved every second of it because every time I read it, I was like, shit, I didn't know this. Right. And that just, you know, kept that passion fueled. And again, it's, you know, it's some of its perspective. I mean, I loved I I'd never mind studying. Except awesome. for EMS. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, join the club. Yeah, I'll join that club. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging on to my EMT like by a thread right now. <laughs> Card-carrying member of that club, uh, 100%. Tony, yes. Tony Nunez, uh, it is my system. Don't give it away. I used to use hearts, and then there was too many hearts. So uh, that's how I find questions when there's thousands of comments. Um, Todd, I love to ask people what books they think firefighters should be reading. So I'm going to throw it at you and say, what books do you think firefighters should be reading? Doesn't have to be a firefighting book, although if it is, go for it. But go. oh yeah, no, I, I actually I actually jotted this down when we were kind of talking because I have like a a bookshelf behind me. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Extreme Ownership. Same. I've read it twice. Uh, I think it's uh, it's one of the things I really learned from that book was how well prepared they were for all their missions in Iraq. And and I didn't know how much detail went into their preparation. And I thought, man, we can't prepare for every single house in our district, but, man, we can be prepared for a lot more than we are. And I, I took a lot, lot out of that. Uh, I tell you another one, and I'm not stoking these guys, but uh, uh, The Functional Fire Company by Chief Scott Thompson. Uh, and, he, and he has a PDF on mentorship that yes. I've read that is absolutely amazing. Uh, he talks about the colony, obviously, but the mere fact nobody ever quits there. I mean, you, you have to, like, die to leave that fire department. That's how rock solid of a foundation they've established uh, within that organization. And then um, the other one that I, that I still look at and refer to, uh, obviously, John Norman. Uh, Step Up Your Teamwork by uh, Frank. Uh, oh, you, I, yeah. I messed his name up too. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Zippy. No, um, absolutely. It's not just his book, though, but I love that uh, when he teaches his class, he really gets into his personal life, his, his passion for mm. uh, coaching ball and everything. Yes. Really, you know, it, it's really cool to hear him talk about, though. And again, I there is probably another five, six, seven books that I look at, refer to, or, or I go, man, I forget about this. And I'll, you know, I'll open a John Norman's handbook of tactics on base. Like, oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Or right. something on building construction. If I'm doing a class on size up and I'll go back and refresh myself on things. Cause for as many things we remember, dude, we probably forget a lot more. That's all it, reality. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So I got, you know, to stay up to date and, you know, uh, you know, kind of working for another department now and staying engaged with another fire department is, you know, pretty uh, interesting as a firefighter again. So, love yeah. It. Love it. Dude, I can't just, I mean, yes, I love everything you said there. So, thousand percent. Um, now then, on the weekly scrap, we have a thing we do. It's called the five questions for firefighters. Uh, Jim Platt, how do I get Chief Thompson's PDF on mentoring? Keep hearing about it, and I feel like it's a must read. Uh, Jim, Man, is it Functional Fire Company? Is that, is that yeah, the website? Yeah, Functional Fire Company. Go to that website, and you can download the PDF, and it's free. It's and so, free. And again, yeah, what a credit to that guy. Yeah. Uh, he could really write a book just on that and make thousands and thousands of dollars, and Literally. he don't care. He wants us to be better. And I love the <clears> message <throat> he sends with that, uh, the mentorship that he's doing there uh, with his organization. It's, man. Like, it's absolutely it's like, amazing. It's like 60 pages of just wisdom. I mean, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. 
It's great. Yeah, I've gone through it twice, and I actually have it highlighted on my uh, on a on a PDF right now that I've highlighted. I'm like, I have to. I literally can't wait to see him again because I've got yes. a bunch of questions no, for him. It, I'm not sure I, I fully understand it. And that's the thing is his and brain that, works so deep on such a uh, again we're. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Scott Thompson, and we'll sit here and I am sing too. his praises. <laughs> uh, if anybody in the audience can look it up and post a link, it'd be awesome uh, as I move to the five questions for firefighters. So, uh, brother, we have the five questions. Oh, yeah, okay, you moved. Okay, you smiled. I thought you froze again. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> five questions for fire. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin McCart coming through instantly. Um, <clears throat> the... Answers are completely your opinion. There is no right or wrong. Okay. The points are completely arbitrary and assigned by me. So, Todd Edwards, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters? I am totally ready. Totally yeah. ready and prepared. Ready. Question Not number prepared, one. prepared, but I'm ready. <laughs> what is the number one issue facing the modern fire service? A lack of leadership at the company officer level. Having the balls to stand up for your people and standing up for what's right. Take your lumps, take the bullets, do what you got to do. I literally took letters of counseling and reprimand to defend my people because those guys are going to go to the wall for me every single time. And I'm going to do whatever I have to to protect them and their and their families at the same time. I think that is something that uh, we're, we've lost a little bit. I think it's still out there, but our young officers Man, go to the go to the map for your people. Do what's right by them every single time. Give them all. I think we hit his forty minute limit. Hold on, everybody. We'll just chill. We'll hit. We'll sit here and discuss. He will be back. I guarantee it. I, I say that. I guarantee it. Like I know. All. Oh. Moving on my. Thing. Are you back? Nope. I, I it says your internet connection is unstable, which is total crap because I got great internet connection. It's one thing I have great here is internet connection. No, you're good. I, I can hear you good now. So, <laughs> Dude, I've got I've got so many. No, you're good. I guarantee you, it's something with Zoom. It's something with our connection. It's something with some, who knows? Right. It's technology trying to stop this wisdom. So, uh, I know. I know. So we blame it on your forty. I'll minutes. keep moving so you know I'm not pros. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. sorry, you were going, you were going ham on company officers preparation, and yes, yeah, and I, and I think that kind of I was close to wrapping that, but man, I will. Uh, when it came to my firefighters, when I was a battalion chief, when it came to my captains, I'm going to if you're in the right, I will okay. go, I will go to the wall for you every time, and I think we need to really make that part of our officer development. That and when we go back to it's not about you, it's about them. And captains are going to make mistakes, lieutenants are going to make mistakes, firefighters are going to make mistakes. Mm. Yes, holy shit, we don't need to freak out every time somebody screws up. Who gives a shit? It's a mistake. We're all human beings first, and God, we got to ingrain that in our people. We're all human beings. There's no perfect fireman. There's no perfect chief. And we sometimes I see it, you know. We overreact to the smallest, stupidest shit where instead of saying, hey, bro, put on your helmet. Hey, guy, put on your shirt. We got to go run this errand. Let's not make a big deal. Go to the map for those guys. I mean, go to the map for your people every single time, and you will instantly see an improvement in attitude 
uh, the way they approach the job, the way they approach training, approach things, something simple as cleaning up around the firehouse can make yes. a difference. Dude, I love it. So hey. That's my that's just my opinion on that shit. Question one, max <laughs> points. I'm giving you max points out the gate. All and right. <laughs> multiple reasons why. First of all, it was an unbelievably good answer. I don't think I've I know I've never heard that answer in 97 scraps. And okay. so, Hey, I love the answer, but while you were giving the answer, there's a small delay. Ben Davis said, what is Todd's number one message to a company officer? That was a question that, that came in like after you started asking it and someone else said, well, there's your answer, Ben. And that's the point yeah. is how relevant that is right now to today's fire service, dude. Unbelievably you crushed question one. Right. And I think this is something me and you talked about at the lake, which is this is the 97th scrap. So when you get to the five questions, all the low hanging fruit is gone. Like, yeah, no, I did. I, and I, 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 I sort of, I said, should I, I, and I, yeah, I saw the five questions. I said, and I've listened to all these answers. I said, I'm not going to go back and listen. I'm not even going to review them. I actually don't know all of them off the top of my head. Dude, that's awesome. Yet, that's awesome. No, I, I love it. I love get it. these. Purely out of my, off the top of my head. <laughs> Sorry. Kyle, <laughs> Smoothbore Cartel, he's talking about your freeze. Smoothbore Cartel said, in quotation marks, your guest is speaking too much truth from the Zuckerberg. So, anyway, <laughs> they're locking you down, man. You're about to get the uh, the Kyle Ramagas treatment. All right, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm good with that, man. Yeah, that guy's a rock star, so uh, he's doing something right. Question two. What is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting? Small conferences, man. I think the the these smaller conferences. I'm not again. I'm not knocking firehouse, fire FDIC. I think everybody should experience those conferences as well because the the brotherhood. But man, what I see, what David Woodward's doing, what I've watched, Kurt Eisen built from uh, one of the first times I ever taught down there. I think we had fifty students. Now right. he's got four hundred. He's turning people away. Uh, but they're still they're still interactive. Kurt has very little demands of us as instructors, except that he wants us with the students every free moment we can give them. And I believe in that message. How I can't imagine when I was a 22 year old kid coming up having a conversation with a Mike Champo. No doubt. And now Kurt provides that for us. Uh, you know, I, I've sat there and talked to some of these guys and just been blown away that I'm having the, and this is 35 years in, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm following Mike Lombardo around like a puppy dog. Cause the guy's got, guy's been to 10 times the amount of fires I've right. ever even dreamed of. Um, and having the opportunity to teach side by side by guys like Steve Robertson. And, uh, those are the opportunities these small conferences give you that these young guys have these opportunities to interact with the David Mellons and the Rob Fishers and the Scott Thompsons. And that list goes on and on and on, obviously, but I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm literally in awe of these guys and I still am today. And I hope that a 22 year old kid, I think that is a huge, uh, unbelievable future for the fire service. I know some guys are like there's too many. No, there's not. If I live, if I live within an hour or someplace, what a great benefit, if, especially if I'm a young guy with a young family. I make little money, and I can just drop 150 or 200 bucks and go see these guys. Man, what a bonus. I would love to have those opportunities as a young firefighter coming up uh, to be able to meet and interact and learn from these guys now. As I'm, And those opportunities, not everybody can afford to you know 
go to FDIC, especially 100%. if you're in the department can't, you know, if you're in the department can't pay for it, you're right. telling, I mean, how many of these guys we know, uh, I've talked to 75 guys minimum that paid out of their own pocket because it's affordable to attend, uh, tactics at the lake. And I, I, I love that we have guys that were providing these opportunities and that the instructors are willing, uh, to literally charge next to nothing to go and spend time to make the fire service better. And those are those small conferences. Uh, I know what David goes, what David went through and I know what Kurt and his family uh, and his wife go through to put these things on and they're not doing it for them. They're literally doing it for that 23 year old kid yes. coming up. And it, it's so cool to watch, man. I love being a small part of it. Um, even if I wasn't, I'd be going just cause it's, it's, it's so high energy and energetic to go to. But I think that's a great future for the American fire service from a training standpoint. Mm. Obviously the internet and all that shit's great, but nothing beats face to face one-on-one contact. Uh, you know, articles are great. Internet's great, but man, face to face, ain't never going to be replaced by some bullshit computer. Nothing, not, not knocking what you're doing. Your, your shit's Dude, awesome. Dude, you will never insult me. <laughs> I am so, like I said, I'm ready to go stretch hose right now. I'm ready to go work on my fucking, uh, flow and move at this point dude i'm so fired up at this moment someone said uh at the bar with the todd edwards is the best part of the conferences period um small conferences are the best you you nailed it on the head i, I love to say mutts don't scrap because my audience is like the best of the best the most fired up engaged into the job guys and i love it i'm so proud of them but the the, the truth of the matter is mutts don't go to the conferences it's it's, no. it's the no. best man and that's why they are but so what- yeah go but I tell you what's really cool, though. Let's say uh, three guys from that from that battalion or that company go to a conference. They may never change that much mind, but they may make him think a little bit. Right. Maybe we're going. You, if you got ten months and you change five, let, let's let's just go with an easy fifty percent. We that's going to make a difference. Woodward's making a difference. Kurt's making a difference. Mellon's making a difference. Brothers in battles are making a difference. These small conferences are going to change the fire service because we're now, instead of only having that group going to FDIC or Firehouse Expo, now we're going to into the job conference. We're mm-hmm. going to Lake at the Tactics. We're going to CF Tactics. We're going uh Howard's group. Man, if you've never right. been to a like, Howard FD, class, yeah. you're missing the hell out, man. FD Tactics has got it going on. There were, I, I commented yesterday. Uh, he's got a. I think he's going out of the country teaching that. Germany, yeah. yeah so got, I put on, I, I put on their Germany, yeah. prestige, prestige <laughs> worldwide. FD tactics. That shit is awesome. I was so almost going to follow you video. up with a Catalina wine mixer reference, but yeah. yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, but those are the things that are changing. I think that's changing the fire service. I really do for all good, dude. I would like, I'm, I'm really trying hard, and I may have to f- come up with a new system. I'm trying hard. I don't like giving people max points all the time because I feel like it's soft tosses. You know what I'm saying? I'm not passing out max points because, dude, that was a killer answer. You got me talking for like 10 minutes on it um, and, and, the, and the conversation going on about it. So you're crushing it. Um, absolutely. Move your face up. There we go. Um, my first fire conference, I had Todd Edwards come on my podcast. How cool is that? You can't get that anywhere else. Thank you for the kind words, Todd. That's from David Woodward. Um, you need a third screen with Todd's resume. It's the best I've ever seen. And, I mean, that's oh. the truth of the matter, man. <laughs> uh, Dirk said, how much hose would you have to move to lose 30 pounds? Hey, I promise the work is being put in. We will see. It's not all hose work. But um, 
Question three. Are we, we like a long time on question two is a killer answer, brother. Are you ready for question three? Sure. Let me figure out what question three is. I only asked. Yeah, I, I don't know. 97 times. Uh, best rank or position to be in in the fire service? I feel like I know your answer, but I'm still throwing it at you. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, Captain First Arriving Engine. I don't give a shit. I, I, I love Rob, and I love the truck guys, and they serve a purpose. But think about this for a second. Probably 90% of the American Fire Service are first two engine companies doing the work. And, and you really think, and for the chiefs out there, think about this. Your most critical decision-making happens within that first one or two minutes. That's not coming from a chief officer. That's typically not coming from the truck captain. That's coming from that engine captain or engine lieutenant position. But being a captain in a single engine house, I love There's nothing better to me than pulling down the street, seeing the head, or pulling up on the scene. We got two-story wood frame, single-family dwelling, heavy fire, second floor, Charlie Division, we're going interior. There is nothing better than that shit. Nothing. I, I understand the you know, grabs and all that, but man, there's nothing like making the hallway. Nothing like making the push on that first line in. And you've made your assignments. Your truck guys are doing their truck shit. Your second engine's doing you know their shit. But man, that first engine where you really you really make or break the fires that first riding boss, man. You make or break every fire from your hose line position, your apparatus positioning, hose line position what entry point, when you're opening the door, when you're charging the line, when you're making the push, and then you're searching off the line. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm literally thinking about setting something on fire in my goddamn office right now. Let's that's how, <laughs> that's how awesome that job is. That is how awesome that's that shit is right perfect, there. Perfect, <laughs> man. Dude, I don't think anybody has to ask how many points I'm giving that, dude. This is, this is unbelievably, this is yeah, literally reaching for a lighter. That's, that's how much I love that part of the job. 1000% man best answer I think uh, it's a great I, I, I don't want to discount yes max points uh, <laughs> number four best advice you have ever received best advice I ever received and, and I know it sounds maybe a little cliche or old school uh, really came from my first mentor my first fire chief and that was my father and that was to never forget where you came from when I came, when I went to Atlanta, uh, he was, uh, he couldn't have been more proud to be getting on a, you know, big city fire department. I uh, came to my graduation, but he told me all along, no matter how big you are, no matter where you go, don't forget you were a 16 year old volunteer cadet firefighter. Right Never on. forget cleaning toilets. Never forget washing the rig. Never for any, and he did, and he really kind of harped that message on me. Um, not by telling me, but by his actions. I use one of the photos in my class on mentors uh, of my dad changing an air bottle. You know, here here's the fire chief of a fire department uh, changing the air bottle of a two-year firefighter at a scene of a house fire that he didn't even need to be at as the fire chief. But uh, looking at those things now, and sometimes, you know, again, it's hindsight. You don't always see see that. But I always resonate, and I and I so resonate when I'm teaching, and I'm always so humbled to have those opportunities to share and teach and be around these guys and stretching hose. And um, but I'm also have no problem with uh, mopping a floor, rolling up the lines after a class, and it's because of what I was always told. And I think that's something that you can carry from 
uh, a, a firefighter position all the way through the rank of fire chief, not forgetting where you came from. Um, and there's examples of that all over. I could literally go into examples I see all the time on, on Facebook and Instagram of fire chiefs not forgetting where they came from. And uh, that that always resonates. And I'm very passionate about, you know, that humble of never forgetting where you came from, where you started at. And I think Dude, that's I critical. It. I love it. And it's a critical factor in your leadership skills to me. And I know you started by saying it's cliche, but man, dude, I can't think of, uh, and especially the backstory behind it, you know, watching your dad change bottles as a fire chief. That's powerful, man. It's, it's not just the advice. It's the example with the advice that means, of course, that that's a killer. You get max points on that. So you got one question left. It is the final question. So the five questions for firefighters, there is heavy fire and searchable space. Would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES? Nozzle. Nozzle. <laughs> How long did it take? <laughs> it's it's not. I, I, I've done BS and I, I've had those opportunities throughout my career, but man, there is still. It kind of goes back to the other answer about best job. It, they, being on the line where you're controlling what others could never think were controllable, where you're flowing your water. Um, man, there's something about, especially when you're coming down that hallway and it's this nasty, shitty hallway. And all of a sudden, it just like lights up, you know, right there in front of you. And um, and I always kind of look at, you know, I, you know, I talk a lot about this in tactics. If that first line, especially on a smaller staff organization, isn't doing their job and making that hard push, then we have literally no opportunity. And so many of our departments out the country are only getting eight, nine, 10, 12 guys in a fire. God, if we can just get that focus and getting that first line into operation, we may save a lot more lives. And you go back to some of the old school books and you and you read this still, and I think that still holds maybe even true today with today's fire environments, all the plastics and, and synthetics. Man, let's get some water on that bastard, but it takes a hard-charging nozzle guy. And I have the – man, the guys on the nozzle do unbelievable work sometimes. You know, the boss is always right there. And, uh, but man, there was nothing better than making that turn and open that nozzle for, you know, the first second when you encounter the fire and making that push and pushing the fire back in the room. And, uh, just loved it. I came up on, uh, we had a lot of housing projects and that was kind of our, uh, our test when you got to certain companies in the Atlanta, right on, right on, you know, different era, but we would pull a booster line on, uh, these, um, uh, housing project fires. It was just like, it was basically a burn building only right. with 42 couches instead of three pallets all crammed into the second Concrete floor. Concrete block, if yeah. You, if you didn't make the push to the second floor with that booster, your ass didn't stay in that company very long. And it was a, such a learning environment to have that boss say, no, leave the line open this way and do this and do that. But yeah, first line in. And man, you know, not, not, I love BES. And I love the, I love the search, but. Man, it's it's hard to beat that push with that first line. And just for me, I'm not saying I'm no. I know I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. First line <laughs> being on the nozzle wins all time. <laughs> this is what I'll say, man. This is this is. I will say this, this is the easiest max points to all five I have ever given out, dude. You just you freaking just crushed the five points for five. I mean that sincerely, and I hope I really uh, try to make them not soft tosses, but you just fuck absolutely crushed it. So all that being said. um, 
Scott Thompson chimed in and said, can you guys start over? I'm late to the party. Here's the thing. There's some, there's some firsts that are ever going to happen here in the scrap is a, I'm going to throw it to, to Todd to run this for a second because I'm actually going to hit the head. I'm about to explode with my ultra diet light beer. And he's going to talk to you about where you can find him on uh, social media, email, how to contact him for a class and everything. And I'll be right back. I've never done this before in a scrap. All you that talk- is awesome. I get to first see I've been demoted on the scrap now. I've been frozen on the scrap. And now the host of the scrap has literally left the scrap and just turned the shit over to me. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, you can reach me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Uh, I have a webpage. It's www.firelifetrainingassociates.com. I know it's the longest shit ever. Uh, my email address, which is typically the easiest way to get a hold of me, is Todd Edwards, the number six at Yahoo. Uh, I, I'm anal about checking uh, my email. And I will definitely get back with you. Uh, some of the guys had questions. If I didn't clarify answers, I will definitely clarify answers for you. Uh, if I can't do it via writing, I will, you know, give me your phone number and I'll call you. I have no problem with, you know, reaching out to guys and trying to do uh, what's right for them and give them really solid answers or trying to give solid advice. Um, the uh, I think one of the things that uh, that maybe we need to do a better job of is really thanking guys, uh, you know, like the scrap and Corley. I, I'm, I'm blown away by what he does week after week after week after week. I always look forward to see who's going to be on and um, try to stay up to date. So I think one of the things that we need to do, you know, is why he's not in the room, he'll obviously he'll hear this shit, but uh, to thank guys like him who are really, uh, I think, changing the fire service to a certain degree as well. And yes, he is a total douche for leaving us. <laughs> <laughs> this is the amount of trust. The amount of trust I had. <laughs> well, uh, you get to do the replay and you'll see what really happened while you were gone. Right on, right on. <laughs> Thank you for carrying uh dude. I, I yes, man. Um Yeah, I gave everybody my uh website. I'm on Facebook under Fire Life Training, I'm on my personal page. Uh, and then I gave him my website and uh, my email address. All the housekeeping is clear. And because there are some people you wanted to, I mean, like sincerely, if you have a follow-up question and you want to get deeper, um, he's, he mentioned it earlier, reach out. Yeah, I told him that. Absolutely. Okay. Then I'll, 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 I will not try to play catch up. Yeah. Uh, I told him, please reach out if I didn't, if I didn't answer something specifically enough that uh, they can either, you know, email me, reach out to me on Facebook. If I can't answer, then I will call you directly because sometimes that's a, a better way to answer somebody than me trying to type an answer and just, you know, talking back and forth sometimes. Thousand so percent. easier for you to see me someplace. Uh, yeah, do not hesitate to come up and talk to me because I love my favorite part of our conversation. You know, I love teaching, but uh, the guy mentioned the bar. Man, how much I, I learned. And I, I say this after every class, and I'm not sure if everybody believes me, so I'll say it here, too. I literally take more away than I ever give. I'm always amazed at how much I learn, uh, not just from all the other instructors, but, you know, the two-year guy, the 20-year guy uh, sitting around at the end of a class, either right after or at the bar or, you know, wherever afterwards, and just just talking. You know, I'm, I'm amazed how some five parts function. And I'm blown away that these guys are doing this all the time. And I think that's uh, 
you know, for the guys who are on these, you know, bigger departments, man, listen to these guys. It's, it's amazing how fire departments operate. We're not all the same. We're all going the same shit, but how we're getting it done is very unique throughout the country. Right it's on. really cool right to listen on. to, man. Really right cool. Dude, uh, absolutely. Um, well, we're at 152. I don't know what the record is on length of scrap, but I feel like we started talking like 20 minutes ago. That's that's how much this has flown by. It did go by pretty quick, yeah. except for the freeze moment. That you know, I don't know who's in that was probably my end, but it might have uh, been mine. No, it, whichever way, and the, and the audience handled it great, and we handled it. So I mean, it's just that's the best thing about the scrap is it's like a microcosm of the brotherhood. It's just really fun, man. It really, yeah. Is. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough, man. I, I've been looking forward to this since the day you reached out to me, and. uh I've uh, been bragging to people. I'm actually going to be on this. Wow, I get to be on this. And, Shoot. Uh, uh, dude, I'm blown away that you came on. That's that's where my mind is at. But And I mean this to everybody. I, I love uh, – I meet people at conferences. I'm like, hey, if you know someone that needs to be on the scrap, let me know. Reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, I've got a li- – if you guys can see my whiteboard, someday I'll show you. It's, it's not fancy. It's a bunch of dry erase markers. It's a schedule with a whole bunch of dates, and then it's a whole bunch of people – that I need to get scheduled. Some of them are in this room and I just got to get you scheduled. And I, and I schedule one and then I'm like, I'm into November right now. So I love, I love it. It's a, uh, man, like I said, it's my highlight of my week and thank you the audience for making it so great housekeeping stuff. This I got this week at, uh, from, I got to get the name right. I don't want to Gary Graff gave me this. So I wanted to actually click over to my email and make sure I had it right. And it is from the muddy river fools beautiful coin it's got the eh, so much light st louis arch there the bridge going oh that's cool between illinois and missouri because they're in both states one of the most beautiful coins i've ever seen it's not only that but like you can see it there when you turn it it's got the maltese cross made out of the american flag behind it when you turn it it's the twin towers made out of the oh that's really cool it really yeah that's it's one of the most like thought-provoking coins i've ever seen as far as in the backside all the fool's information on it, and and it's just a beautiful coin, man. Cut out. Uh, and then this, very proud of, because I got this from David Woodward. The box came in while we were at the lake, and it was the, actually the first order of the coins coming in for the Revolutionary Fire Tactics, the lake, and I actually bought the first coin. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I got one. I, I love it. It's on my, it's on my yes. coin mantle right now. So the collection grows. The one warrior on the one side, the Revolutionary Fire Tactics on the other. Love it. Two badass coins, two badass stories. They're going in the collection. They're going back there in the flag case. And so thank you guys. I love the stories. Thank you for taking the time to send the email about the backstory on it. Uh, pulling up my notes here to get any other housekeeping done. Um, the conference I had crashed my website so many times because of how pathetic it was. So I actually destroyed my old website and completely built a brand new one. So it's actually in the 21st century. So if you guys were going to the firehouse vigilance and it, and you couldn't get through or whatever, it's because for the last few days it's been transferring everything. So the articles are back up. The store is back up. If you want to get a shirt, um, read the articles, contact us, the vigilant creed, all of that stuff, go to firehousevigilance.com and check it out. Uh, guests coming up next week, July 27th, Dina Ali is coming on super excited. Following by that, David Hinojosa out of down there Houston way. And then August 10th, it is the scrap number 100. Whoever knew that that would ever happen when this whole thing started. So uh, it's exciting for me and it's going to be about uh, water or people. So I don't know if you can figure out who that's going to be. Um, besides that, 
Uh, I like to say it, mutts don't scrap. If you see me out there, get a picture with me because I want to post the picture and say mutts don't scrap. Uh, Todd, I think you absolutely crushed it for the last two hours. So thank you for being my guest. <laughs> oh, man, it's truly, truly, uh, it was my privilege. It really was, man. It's, I, I'm, I look forward to, like I said, I'm, I'm always humbled by these opportunities. I'm blown away that I get to do these things and will never take for granted. It's kind of like I still go back to, uh, you know, like I said earlier, man, just uh, don't forget where you came from. And I don't, I literally sit in my office and look at my dad's stuff and things I've had for years and years and years, uh, you know, the way my wife and I met and all those things. I always keep that in the back of my mind whenever I'm doing anything. And I always will. I just don't think you can do it any other way. And I don't know if you go back and ever read these comments. I don't know if you can because there's been so many comments. But somebody said it earlier, and this is the cool part. And I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with this, wrap it up with this, because this really is the cool part. Like you sat here and talked, spread wisdom, drop knowledge bombs, been awesome, taking questions, uh, been an awesome guest on the scrap. And someone said it earlier, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. But they said, dude, he's been on here for like an hour, and he hasn't even once like hardly mentioned himself. He's not. It's completely the humility and remembering where you came from. It's not that you say it. It's that you live it. So, dude, kudos, and, and I'm, a, I, I'm honored to call you my friend. So, anyway. I appreciate it, brother. And make sure you listen to the comments I made uh, uh, while you're gone. <laughs> well, we might, <laughs> not, we, might not, we might not be friends after that point. No, I look forward to it. Like I said, that's the first time ever on the scrap. So, uh, as always, I want to tell the audience, man, you guys are what makes the scrap so great. Thank you for for chiming in, throwing your questions, taking your time to give it to us this evening, and I appreciate you so much. I hope the tone stays silent. Unless it's burning, stay safe out there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.